Are you looking for that next great read? Well, I've got you because I wrote it. Head on over to Amazon.com or BarnesandNoble.com and order yourself a copy of my book, I'd Rather Talk to Dead People, where I tell you the ins and the outs of my paranormal journey thus far. If you've watched the TV show Oddity Files on Amazon Prime or YouTube, this is the perfect companion piece to give you an inside look on what was going on inside my head during my most prominent investigations to date. Again, Amazon.com or BarnesandNoble.com. Just search I'd Rather Talk to Dead People by Kitsy Duncan. Thank you. Audity Files. All things creepy. Cryptic. Otherworldly. And we're back. Nick, it's been a long fucking time I missed your face. <laughs> it's been a very long time. I missed your face, your voice. Oh, same. I don't know what other things Zoom provides us, but <laughs> I can say those two things for sure. You know what? It's very similar to plexiglass at a convention. We can just touch hands. Yeah, this is And the is Patreon super people can see it. <laughs> it's so normal. This is the standard. The new normal. Yeah. yeah. Totally oh, fine. Oh, shit. So... Did you have fun? Was it been three weeks? Uh, I mean, I guess for us, it's been almost three weeks. Yeah. Yeah. It's been a long time. It's it's crazy. The feeling of almost normalcy again, traveling for the first time in a long time. So first time I flew was over that same time period. Who did you, what airline did you fly? Delta. I hear Delta is the only one to go yep. with right now. We were and we were exclusively Delta in the experience. I mean, some guy took his mask down for a second. Like it, he, it wasn't down for a second. He was like eating, and it was just down a little too long. And very, very the nicest air hostess came over and she's like, "Hey, can you can you just pull it up? It's just been down for a little bit." I'm just like, "Oh, oh, no stress." But sometimes this feels great. people forget. You know, I mean, I will yeah. say. Getting used to where, because I literally quarantined the entire time. I didn't, I forget about the whole mask thing now that I'm out in front of people's faces again. So I am a pro masker. Just sometimes I'm like, oh shit, my mask. It's, it's wild because I mean, we did, we did Orlando, Chicago, Dallas, LA, and you can feel where covid's bad like the, the moment that you get is it like an energy field it's just an energy like chicago was fine because people were walking down the street with masks the venue obviously that we played it was like everyone was masked had to show you should proof. probably tell people what you were doing you just said the venue we played <laughs> and they're like what the fuck is nick talking is about it? so tell them what you were up to i was just uh doing some tech work for a band called against the current and it's it was just a, a, a short tour and i'm going back out this coming weekend, so I w- I'll already be back by the time this episode airs. <laughs> but that's what it'll be. We're just doing two New York shows in Boston. But yeah, Chicago, like, vaxxed, and you had to have uh, a mask on. But then Texas, 
Mm-hmm. The moment we just landed in Dallas and we're like walking the just streets. just felt dirty. You're like, I'm definitely getting it because I'm just breathing <laughs> it in. You could feel it. And of course, they businesses can't mandate. They can ask, but they can't mandate it because of the governor there. And so the venue, <clears throat> the venue we played, there was no, the AC broke. It's like a hundred plus degrees and no one was wearing a mask. And oh my god, it was it was wild. Um, and then LA, like again, it was like Chicago. Everybody was wearing a mask, and everyone had to be like LA at this point. I know it was like the hot a hot spot for the longest time, but I felt so safe there. <laughs> no, absolutely, and we should feel safe. Don't get me started on Texas in this new abortion law because bitch is pissed. And I'm not going to take it out on you, the listeners. But in case you don't know, Google in it. Texas, you can throw a woman in jail for thinking about getting an abortion. That is not cool. Fuck you. Okay, yeah. I'm done. It's it's The world is a crazy thing. And I think, I think getting back out and like traveling and feeling, knowing things aren't 100% normal, but feeling normal was a big kind of step in some direction. I don't want to say the right direction. It was just like... It's the new normal. I mean, it yeah. really is a thing. I know we joked about it for a long time, but it really is. I honestly don't see it going away anytime soon until people fucking get vaccinated. There again, look at that. Look at me just putting my political views out there. Right in the in first five podcast. minutes. The first five minutes. I will say in, in Los Angeles, the last show that we played... Uh, I misstepped and, uh, <laughs> when I Sorry. say I misstepped, I missed, I missed, I missed, missed steps. a step. I missed four. <laughs> oh shit. Um, and, and wind up, uh, fracturing my ankle and, I, and I'm pretty positive about the whole thing. Like the medical expense existed. It wasn't that much. I'm in a boot for three to five weeks. But it felt normal. Like, it was like, it's not COVID. <laughs> like, it's yeah, literally. I was seen. Hopefully you were at a place where you could get into the ER and be seen. Um, yeah. and, and guys, you know, he just, he couldn't let Dave, Dave Grohl have it. He literally stole that from, uh, were you on stage when they put the boot on, Nick? That's the question I have not asked no, you. No, that would have been super cool. <laughs> right. Like, boot me up here. The crazy thing is, m- myself and the touring guitarist, we were in the green room and we were talking about, we got on the subject of broken bones. And I was like, I've never broken a bone before. I've broken my toes, but I've never. You did not. And did you knock on wood? You can knock on your head and say knock on wood. I didn't think I needed to. I was like, it's after the 18 months we've all had, it's fine. I can say these things. <laughs> and after that conversation, I'm going down the stairs to like put waters and set lists out on stage and boom, miss the steps. But played the whole show, did loadout, went through the airport the next day, oh, and then I went to the doctor two days later, and the doctor's like, yeah, this doesn't look good. <laughs> You're like, you know, I, I thought it hurt a lot, but, you know, I was trying to tough it out. Because <laughs> I, I was like, there's no way this is a frack. I didn't break anything. It probably just, like, I pulled something, and then when I saw how hideous it looked. <laughs> like, is it all purple and, like, swollen? Yeah. Yeah, it's... That's your sign. It's crazy. The, be- the best part is the doctor was like, 
yeah, you know, we're going to give you a boot. Like, it's too swollen. We can't see a fracture. But based on the bruising and your pain, I'm there's a fracture there. I just don't know where. Um, so we're going to give you a boot to because you live a very active lifestyle. And I was like, I don't. I don't. Just this weekend, man. <laughs> I have deceived you. I sit at home and watch movies all day, every day. Oh, God. And talk to a friend in Indiana via Zoom once a week. Once a week. <laughs> yep. That's my life. It's not this at all. Oh, shit. I love so, it. I love it. Here, here we um, are. Well, I'm glad it wasn't worse. I mean, you could have landed on your head. That yeah. would have been horrible. Would it, could I have mean, landed it, on somebody with COVID. That would have been really bad. Everything could be worse. That's, that was like the way I looked at it. Is I haven't been upset about it. It's been painful, but I'm like, I'm a human being and I'm feeling a thing that isn't like major anxiety, depression, and fear that I've felt over the last 18 months. I'm just like, ow, this hurts, but I know it will get fixed. <laughs> right. So I'm like, right. Eh, I, it's eh. not going to kill me. No. I don't know if it'll it's make me stronger, but it'll <laughs> with my bad knees oh. and my bad back. <laughs> oh, shoot. I need to pump something for Paranormal at Crossroads because <laughs> I kept pump saying, something. yeah, pump it. Paranormal Crossroads has a new live event this month in October that I'm so super stoked about. Um, we are going to be doing it at the Athenaeum, which is yes. where the spirit of Dr. Kanabe resides. If you guys remember that story from a couple weeks ago, we recently aired on both uh, Indianapolis and Louisville TV that episode. Nick made his little appearance on Paranormal Crossroads listening to me talk about the doctor. So it's October 16th at the Athenaeum Indy, which if you get there early, I highly recommend dinner at Rascalers, which is in the same building. It's all German food all the time and mm. OMG yum. Um, but you can get tickets at Paran... Nope. At PXRoad.com. I'd love to see you there. It's You've got VIP uh, stuff we're going to be doing. Tiffany, KJ, and myself are going to be meeting with the VIP people a little early. We're, we're all going to be doing some like Oracle tarot card readings with y'all. Um, there's going to be food and drinks. And if you watched the episode where we interviewed Craig with that big stage behind him, that's where we're going to be doing our live show this time. KJ got us the hookup. Sounds saying. like it. That right? is amazing. I also, he, I don't know, I don't know if you saw this, but um, there's this magazine that these two supermodels were on the cover <laughs> called Geist Magazine. I don't know, I don't know if you saw yeah. this. It looked, one of them looked a lot like you, which is pretty crazy. Oh, stop it. You're making me blush. I am a cover <laughs> model, motherfuckers. That just happened. Front so, cover. Yes. So Town Post magazine. You know how every town has like its own little magazine. Like in Bloomington, we have Bloom magazine. And in Geist, Indiana, they have Geist magazine. And there's Carmel magazine. And Town Post, which is actually um, the company that prints Geist magazine and Carmel magazine and all those, is owned by Tom Britt, which is a good friend of KJ. They do a podcast together. Mm -hmm. And he loves what we're doing with Paranormal Crossroad. He has never watched a paranormal show in his life. But he's <laughs> like, the fact that you bring people, their loved ones that have passed, 
back into their living rooms is a really big deal. It's pretty dang amazing. I It's funny because I saw the cover of the magazine. And I was like, oh, what a cool, clever name for a magazine, thinking that it was... A paranormal supernatural magazine, and it was Because wasn't. Geist in German is ghost. Yep. I just figured that out today. When I was it like, was this released. is so cool. But it was the town magazine. I was like, yes. what What better magazine for you to be? Uh, like, I would frame that shit, and I would put it where everyone could see forever. Oh, yeah. It's going to happen. For the dual meaning. Uh, yes. Which is great. Yes. So. Yeah. And I, I bet Tom, because he's a smart feller. I bet that's why uh, we made the cover of that one. So yeah, and you know, even cooler, it is the uh, women in business edition for October. So that that just is the icing on the cake. So thank you, Town Post Network. Thank you, Tom Britt. Thank you, everybody, so much. KJ and I are so honored to have done that. We were actually on our way to an investigation. And we had set up that quick little photo shoot right before the investigation in the graveyard, just down the street from the house we investigated. There <laughs> it was go. a crazy day. I mean, listen, you just got to make you got to make it work. You got to be a chameleon. You got to be flexible. Yeah, you and tell you me you need me for a photo shoot. I'm there. I'm just saying. <laughs> it's such a great I, again. It's like the, it's October, focusing on women in business, and it's called Geist Magazine, and you're on so the cover. grateful. It's yeah. so cool ridiculously ridiculously grateful so thank you for bringing that up nick because i almost forgot believe it or not i'll never let you forget (laughs) um i got to meet mr adam savage Mm -hmm. nicolas and i don't know if you know this but i decided when i grow up i do want to be a mythbuster i almost said ghostbuster i am that (laughs) (laughs) yeah i was gonna say you've got that one check it's it's done so the kids and I used to binge the shit out of Mythbusters, and I love it. Um, Chris and I had seen Mythbusters live a few years ago, and uh, he had been at a show this year that I was not at, and I was super bummed. And I almost didn't think I was going to be able to make it to Salt Lake to meet him, but I did. And he is the most magical human being you will ever meet in your life. He's so genuine. Such a fan, but somebody in cosplay would come be come into the room. He'd ask his manager, "Give me my phone, give me my phone," and he'd video him walking in, and it would end up on like his Twitter or something. But just such a great guy, and he loves Ghostbusters cosplay. That's so, amazing. Quickly during the photo ops, if you've ever been in a photo op, you guys, it's a super fast process. I get to talk to them briefly as they come in. And then by the time we're done, they're jetting off to a panel or a dinner. It's not like I'm hanging out with these people all day long. So I'm like, Adam, what's your thoughts on ghosts? And he goes, ha, 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 I'm like, what? He goes, the biggest Twitter fight I ever got in was over ghosts. So I still have to look that up. But I'm guessing uh, that's a it? negative. <laughs> I'm seeing that he's like, a myth buster. I'm wondering if it was on the if he's on the uh, not believe inside. I would. I'm leaning that way. Like I said, I still need to look up the Twitter fight. But if you guys on Twitter know, tweet at a bitch at Kitsy Duncan. <laughs> tag me in that if you have it saved. But yes, just a delight of a human being, and I love when I meet 
people I fangirl over, and they are just everything I thought they would be. That's incredible. That's so good to hear that he's wonderful. Yeah. Yeah. So you've been watching some movies when you're not traveling the world and breaking, <laughs> fracturing bones. What you been watching? Well, to be completely fair, we haven't podcasted in two weeks, so I've had plenty of time to watch all yeah. of the things. Same. I mean, uh, I've watched way more than is on my list. I'm just, <laughs> I'm going to save that for the next one. <laughs> just, just beyond that. Yeah, I mean, I feel like I've watched a handful of things unrelated to the to this podcast. Um, so I'll skip those completely. But if it's really good, tell people to watch it. I saw Free Guy a couple nights ago, and that was fun. I I like Ryan Reynolds and everything. Oh, same. Um, He's in it. Taika Waititi's in it. Jodie Comer's in it from uh, Doctor Who. I believe she's in Doctor Who. Hopefully I've got that right. Uh, But it was fun. It was a fun time. Uh, But the two movie, the the movie and the show that are our bread and butter uh malignant on hbo max i caught the week that we it was like the last week we podcast and i watched it friday night when it came out okay and that's james wan who did the conjuring movies and saw and aquaman and it's the most fun i've had watching a horror oh i to call it horror is its own it was the most fun i've had watching a horror like movie in quite some time oh nice nice um it's on HBO Max until I believe the end of October. You can still watch it. It is absolutely insane. Very throwback to like 90s video store era back of the video store horror movie. Very much oh, a throwback. Nice. Super goofy, like cheese ball, over the top gory, absolutely ridiculous. But. And, uh, and that, what was it again? Malignant is what it's called. I thought it was about cancer. Uh, okay. Kind of. Spoilers? Okay. Kind of, maybe. Uh, I was like, that's a movie for Nick. That's art house shit over there. It's To me, it's insane that like the guy who made The Conjuring that turned into a franchise of movies with The Nun and Insidious and, and then went on to make Aquaman and then somewhere in between made a Fast and Furious movie this is the movie that he made and has been trying to make for so long. And it's just like mind blowing. It's you're either going to despise it and think it's the worst movie. Some people were calling it the worst thing that they've ever seen. And I, I think those people are wrong. (laughs) (laughs) You're allowed to say that. It's he's too good of a filmmaker to make something. Everything is intentional. Every, Bad line, every cheesy effect, every music cue that feels out of place is so intentional. And it was great. And it's like, I think it's going to be my new Halloween movie that I will watch oh, nice. on Halloween night. It's So it's not like a thinker. It's not like a, oh my God, I'm so stressed out. Kitsy has to leave the room type thing. Oh, then I'm down. You will laugh. It is like, okay. it will bring you joy. Yeah, it's just, it's a vibe. Like there is a vibe overall to it that, feels very much like Halloween night. I'm I'm enjoying something to enjoy the holiday is what nice. it feels like. So that was one uh night books I watched with my kid which was good. Um it's like a kids kind of horror movie, but okay. Sam Raimi produced it and the way that I described it is it's like drag me to hell for kids. 
Oh, fine. <laughs> Which is... Which is what the world needed. We can admit that. Yeah. Yeah, it's all about storytelling, and the last, like, 15 minutes are get pretty dark and spooky, and even my kid, who's, like, loves A Quiet Place, was freaked out by this kid's movie, which I was like, good good work, team. Yeah, yeah, I like that. That's good perfect. job. Uh, and then I just finished watching yesterday Mike Flanagan, who did Hill House, Haunting of a Hill House, that we love so much, and Hush, and Gerald's Game, and oculus he, he just put out a show called midnight mass which is very good and i think his best work to date okay those um, are the two big ones on my timeline recently and i'm like you know those are nick movies i'm gonna let him let me know if they're good enough to watch or not Mi- midnight mass is very good it's it's got a sense of humor which hill house did not have at all hill house is a very bleak and spooky watch yeah midnight mass is a very contemplative slow burn with a sense of humor that's very much about faith and religion and i'm very fascinated by that and there are some things in this show that i've kind of been waiting to like become a conversation in in entertainment for a while about faith and yeah it's it's great it's it's a lot of fun i thought it was about cancer and priests those two (laughs) the two big ones you hit on there so i was like meh now my cup now i want to watch them both yeah there are i mean midnight mass is about a priest um but no i i it about episode three is when things really kick into high gear. Like I watched episode one one day, two another day, sat down and watched three, and then watched the whole rest of the series in one sitting. Oh wow, that good? Yeah, yeah. it's yeah, it's because you want to know where it, it's all boiling the chaos and like my thing is if I hope I can be fulfilled in the chaos that's being built to towards. And mm-hmm. this show delivered. The final two episodes are just pure chaos. <laughs> In the best yeah, way. I'm, I'm a big fan of chaos. I live that Same. chaos lifestyle. So fuck yeah. Awesome. Yeah. I was going to go into the fact that I that Lucifer is back for with the final half of the last season. But then I remembered I met the Fear Street kids at Horror Hound. There you go. They are so... So much fun. They remind me of the Being Human cast that I used to shoot way back in the olden days. Um, Sam, somebody who's now known for Star Wars uh, voiceover work and Being Human. It was a sci-fi show. Kids were so much fun to shoot. It was two boys and a girl. And the Fear Street kids, it was two boys and a girl. And the boys were very pretty to look at. And the girl was absolutely adorable. Do I remember their names? No, that was like three weeks ago. So, and you know me and names. But I did watch the first half of American Horror Story. Oh, I heard it was good until the final episode. I'm in it. I'm in it. I don't know if I'm going to watch the second half with the aliens because I just started season one of The X-Files. Oh, there you go. That was my pandemic hope was to to watch. I I think I I went strong. 
think three nights of, for, of X Files, and I was like, God, these episodes are so long, and these seasons. You are can even do a longer. lot on your phone while watching them. I'm not gonna lie. Am I like completely glued to the? T- no, not at all. But God damn, David Duchovny's hot as balls in that first season. <laughs> Sorry, just that just gurgled its way out of my body, guys. <laughs> I mean, he's an attractive man now, but I was just like, oh, he was, oh my gosh. (laughs) Yeah, he was like, he was heartthrob for the time, but even like that first episode is so ahead of its time and what it put on. I mean, that was basic cable then. That was. It was Fox. Primetime TV. The show got pretty wild. Oh, yeah. I remember my mom watching it. I'm like, what is that shit you are watching? Come on. But mm-hmm. now I'm like, I am, I'm here for this. Yeah. I was getting a little, so I'm probably four or five episodes in. I'm thinking about doing um, updates on my watching the X-Files for, on some kind of social media. I don't know. We'll see. Because usually it's after I've washed my hair, put my hair up in, in, in no bra and pajamas. But um, <laughs> after, oh, I completely lost my train of thought. No bra. That's what, that's what's tripped you up. Mm-hmm. You're fantasizing about. I was like, I probably about... shouldn't set, have said that on the podcast, and then you, I, no. I got stuck there. <laughs> you set you you set yourself up because now you're like, as soon as we're done podcasting, I'm putting the hair up, taking bra. the bra off, I'm gonna watch more X Files. Literally, you just planned your whole night live on the podcast. <laughs> oh, oh yeah, yeah. So uh, like the first couple episodes, I was like, oh my god, is every episode gonna be about aliens? Come on. There's so much more to paranormal. And then she Bigfoot came into play. And I'm like, oh, it's. And then you've got the poltergeist. And I'm like, oh, yeah, it's mm. on. It's on. So I'm, I'm in it. I'm in it. I'm, I, I did not sign up for Hulu. I don't know what I have against Hulu, but I have never signed up for Hulu. Um, I am buying the seasons on Prime. Oh, look at you. Yeah. That, I mean, you, you own it. You own it forever. Now you don't have to worry about it switching services when you're like three seasons in. I and I do that with a lot of like, even though you know Harry Potter was on this one, then it was on that one, but I always have it on Prime the entire series. That's the way to. That's the way to go. Oh, yes, A H A H S American Horror Story, the first season, excellent, um, quirky, just. I know you're not a fan of Ryan, my fellow Hoosier, but it was it was everything I'd hoped it would be. Um, I wish Dennis O'Hare was playing it a little more gay, um, but a girl can hope. Um, he was he was he was very gay, but I, I like when he plays flamboyant Liz Taylor in Hotel. So, Look and I'm at curious us. curious about the aliens. I'm very curious what they what they do because I I I didn't watch any of it, but I heard a lot of people say. It was very traditional. Like, it was American Horror Story not going 5,000 feet to the left. It was just like, stay, stay on course. Stay be on you target. Are. Stay on stay target. Stay on target. <laughs> so hopefully they do the same with the aliens, because I'll, I'll definitely give, uh, maybe give that one a watch. Yeah, you're in charge of aliens. I did, I did the vampire thing, so. <laughs> Fair enough. It's okay. my turn. It's my turn. Cool. <laughs> Fucking Mercury retrograde again. Is it like every other week now or what's going on there? It's got to be at this point. 
This is a good one, though. I've actually been reading a lot of really good, maybe it's just the headspace I'm in now, but really good things that are supposed to go on during uh, this retrograde. You're supposed to refocus on yourself, all kinds of good stuff. Find all our stuff and all our things at Oddity. Nope. Do that every damn time. At flow.page slash oddityfiles. If somebody would like to update oddityfiles.com for me, please reach out at kitsy at oddityfiles.com. I have no money, but I need help. Okay. Um, <laughs> what are you running on? Wix? WordPress? What uh, WordPress, I believe. Oh, oh that's so. the hard one. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I used to I used to be able to code HTML from scratch. That was a long, long time ago in a galaxy far, far away, and numbers are hard, so. I completely feel that. (laughs) I do have some paranormal in the news, Uh and the headline is, Loch Ness Monster spotted again, this time on drone footage. So a British outdoorsman paddling through Scotland's Loch Ness, because I can, (laughs) um, for a long distance I can't reach. I got new glasses on the way. They should be here this week. Okay. <clears throat> so he was on a charity canoe trip. Uh, he thinks he may have inadvertently captured drone footage of the fabled Loch Ness Monster. The last thing I want to do is make a Nessie claim, Richard Marvar, Marvor, Marvar told The Post. I'm the most skeptical of people, but watching this, I think, yeah. There's something a bit strange here. <laughs> the video image taken last month of a long, thin form just beneath the water surface was so fleeting that Mavor, Mavor, Mavar, 54, didn't notice it when he posted it on September 1st. He created two lengthy videos to chronicle a four day, 62 mile paddling expedition that raised 1,500, no, 15,000 pounds. Remember, numbers are hard, mm-hmm. which in, you know, Amer- this world's money is $20,560. No, $20,560 for the Alzheimer's Society charity and posted them to his YouTube channel. On day three, when the group pulled their canoes up in a remote spot on the south shore of Loch Ness for the night, he sent a camera-equipped drone aloft to capture a shot of the group. As the camera zoomed in, the outline of a creature nearly twice the length of the beached 14-foot-long watercraft appeared to approach approach the group while floating beneath the lake's rippling waves. Who writes this shit? That's like a she sells seashells on the seashore. A week later, commenter Steve Bates called the image to Mavor's attention. Four minutes, water's edge. The ripples look like Nessie. Bates wrote, must be a trick of light waves, Mavor responded. But after looking at his footage more closely, he began to have second thoughts. I think the more I watch it, I think, crikey. Oh, and this is the New York Post. This isn't even from the UK. Um, Mavor told the Post, recalling that he had seen no driftwood or other large objects in the water. That's what's confused me. It's 
In inland water, you don't get tidal debris like you do on the coast, he said. Things do wash up, but nothing the size of this. Reports of a mysterious monster in the depths of the deep lake date back hundreds of years. Yes, we know that. So um, it's it could or could not be. I mean, how do I share this with you? Share screen. Oh, I've, I have seen, You've it, seen it, studied it, looked at it. Yeah. Thoughts? I think that it was probably, I'm glad that it was all for charity. I feel like it's one of those things where someone called it out. He looked at it and he's like, I'm going to run with it. Yeah. And it was free press. I mean, it's the biggest story, was the biggest story Friday or whenever it dropped, Friday or Saturday. Mm-hmm. Um, I grew up near a, uh, oh my God, lagoon. Which is very similar, I believe, to a lock in that the You didn't first... say it right. <laughs> <laughs> I can't do that. And, and it was like, it's like the first maybe 10, 15 feet are like ankle knee deep and then it just drops off. Mm. But I think seeing where their, where their boats are and how close the thing is, assuming that I'm even looking at it correctly... Uh, I mean, it's it, look, very it looks like it's Nessie laying on its back dead uh, to it's, me. <laughs> it, yeah, it looks like reverse, and it's so close to the shoreline. Oh, yeah. I just don't think, I don't know. I, and I think from a drone footage, I mean, drone footage is like 4K resolution, and if it was that close to the water, you'd be able to see it much clearer, I believe. Yeah. Yeah, I agree. So I think it, it's rocks or some or some sunken canoe or something. It's yeah. definitely, literally, it looks like Nessie's on her back with her legs and, and arms up in the air, just like a turtle stuck on its back. If yeah. that really were our there dear are a lot of co- are there are a lot of canoes over there. I, I just don't buy the fact that a a creature who has been searched for and sought after for so long just is just going to roll up to a bunch of people. I yeah. just don't buy it. No, it's not like a duck that you feed popcorn to. <laughs> no, and Nessie isn't like... If Nessie maybe in the past had been viewed as a carnivore, maybe. But I, like Nessie doesn't eat people or humans, so I'm like... I just How don't magical buy it. would it have been if just the drones going and all of a sudden Nessie rears up like a scene from Jurassic World and just eats all the people on the beach. Oh, it'd be the greatest moment of 2021. It'd be the greatest yeah, moment man. of my lifetime. Not for the people. I'd be really, I'd, I'd be I upset. I would feel bad for their families. Yes. I would feel terrible that lives were I would were watch lost. that video over and over and over again. Like, what would we do? From a, from a perspective, like it's the same thing about all these Bigfoot videos and stuff. Like, imagine if the Bigfoot charged at someone and just straight murdered them, and that footage went. Around. Like, how would we? We can't even deal with a virus. How would we deal and comprehend with a, an apex predator? Exactly. Like that has been fiction for our whole lives. Entire yes. And our grandparents' lives and their grandparents' lives. 
Oh my God, it's kind of a beautiful story. I don't know what I would do. I would call you immediately and go, dude, what are we going to do? You know he's coming for us. I feel like we're going to catch it, obviously. Get, get a team together. Let's get this. Let's get this done. We're, the, we're ready for it. We've been waiting our whole lives. Well, not if he's going to eat us. I mean, I'll out, we'd figure out a way to outsmart him. Yeah, I don't know. I bet he's a pretty smart feller. <laughs> yeah, you're right. Yeah. <laughs> I am going to see if I have a coin to toss because I have no fucking clue who goes first. If you're going to look for a coin, I can just pull up Spotify and look at the- <laughs> Okay. Let's do that. Because I don't even have a coin in here. Severe. <laughs> I've got fingernail clippings for spells, oh, but no for, coin. For spells? Mm-hmm. Uh, it's you. Because I told okay. the, the Ouija Reddit yes. story. I knew that. Now that you mention it. Okay, I'm going to take these glasses off because there's some glare. Okay, so today I'm very excited to tell you the story of Kathleen Crow. Spelt C-R-O-W-E, Catherine, Catherine with a C. Um, don't know who she is? Or if you do, I'm uber impressed. I unfortunately hadn't heard of her until I came across a little meme about her in what seems like one of the three billion paranormal Facebook groups <laughs> I am a member of. I saved the meme to do a story on later. Now I can't freaking find it. This is my life right now. Um... But I'm working on that. My life, not finding the moon. <laughs> Anywho, <clears throat> Catherine is the reason we use the word poltergeist, the reason for the Victorian spiritual movement, and so much more. But the reason most of us hadn't heard of her until now has more drama than your mama can handle. So let's dive in, shall we? <laughs> you like that? <laughs> I, I wrote. I actually wrote my story today. It it felt good. Okay. Um, <laughs> Crow believed in the naturalness of the supernatural, and her intention was to present the plethora of what she saw as evidence to the scientific community for a hearing, and as a starting place for an examination. Many consider her the mother of paranormal investigations. In 1848, she published her groundbreaking book, The Night Side of Nature, or it's also called Ghosts and Ghost Seers. Dickens, in a review, a.k.a. Charlie Dickens, uh, in The Examiner, called it one of the most extraordinary collections of ghost stories ever published, declaring that Crow can never be read without pleasure and profit and can never write otherwise than sensibly and well. The Night Side of Nature brought Crow fame and a degree of fortune. It sold at least 65,000 copies in Britain and was described by publisher George Rutledge as a most profitable book. So I think 65,000 was like a bunch back that's then. Such a, that's such a British way to describe something. <laughs> A most profitable book. <laughs> yes. <clears throat> Catherine had did, done most of her research reading German books on paranormal events, and this is how the word poltergeist came into play in the actual English language. The German verb 
Poltern means to knock. And as we discovered earlier, Geist is the German word for spirit. So uh, an excerpt from her book, The Night Side of Nature, is one that really hits it home for me. And I quote Ms. Crow, the ignorant frighten children with ghosts, and the better educated assure them there is no such thing. Our understanding may believe the latter, but our instincts believe the former, so that out of this education, we retain the terror and just believe enough to make it very troublesome whenever we are placed in circumstances that awaken it. So in short, people, she says, don't be scared of ghosts, which is how I put it. Okay. Um, so, you know, kindred spirit. Another quote from her is, we are the subjects, and so is everything around us, of all manner of subtle and inexplicable influences. And if our ancestors attached too much importance to these ill-understood arcana of the night side of nature, we have attached too little. I mean, this was very, not like Shakespeareanly written, but pretty close enough for me to where I'm like, I have to think as I was reading. Very but, intelligent. Yes, and very well said. And in a nutshell, is uh, she wanted people to open up their eyes to this a little more, which is exactly the same way I feel. The things in the book that are covered are everything from ghost stories to premonitions to dreams becoming reality to just plain being psychic. One story she tells, and I, I kind of took some of her stories and wrote them in like layman's terms so you can get the gist of it because I can't do all that reading fancy words again. <clears throat> One story she tells of a gentleman who was in a cemetery and saw a headstone with his last name and the first initial of his wife. The stone was so decrepit, not all things were easily readable. He could only make out the date of the death and not the year. He told his wife later what he saw, and the couple would dread this date year after year until finally it was just not on their mind anymore. And many, many, many years later, their daughter was 17 and had the same initial as her mother died on that day it's a lot of recounting it's it's a bunch of listener stories is pretty much what it is and it's fucking magical so she was one of us weirdos like a million percent when she wrote her stories from what i skimmed through because the entire book is available on archive.org she would never use the subject's name and would always quote her sources the names are like Mr. M and Mrs. Q, etc. I think she would totally have given our podcast a run for its money if she were alive today. Nick, <laughs> not going to lie. In another story in a chapter called Warnings, she tells the tale of Mrs. K, who had a dream her son was shot and killed in a hunting accident. That very next morning, her son lets her know he's going hunting. So she told her son of the dream and asked him not to go shooting. The son agreed as they would not be hunting by guns today. Nothing of incident happened and the hunting party came back early because they came across nothing to hunt. But later that evening, 
One of her son's fellow hunter friends was staying at the home and after dinner let the son know he wanted to go out and hunt gamecocks. Yes, I picked this story because it says gamecocks. <laughs> the son said, I can't shoot today and explained about his mother's dream. The friend agreed and was the only one to carry a gun on the hunt because for some reason the son thought he just wasn't supposed to carry a gun. But a few short hours later, Mrs. K's son was brought back home dead. A charge from the gun of his friend struck him in the eye and entered his brain and killed him on the spot. In the chapter Wraiths, Catherine tells many short but very sweet stories of other people's encounters with the dead. And one of those stories goes a little something like this. You've been waiting for it the entire time. You can say like, it out loud. It's this fine. This is normal. <laughs> <laughs> it's been a couple weeks. No, I got it. I got it. Okay. Mr. C.F. Apparently, we needed to add a couple initials. And some ladies were standing together on the street looking in a shop window in Brighton when he suddenly darted across the street. And the ladies saw him hurriedly moving down the street as if he were chasing someone down. After waiting for him for a few minutes and he still had not returned, the ladies went about their window shopping and then headed home without him. Probably a little pissed, I'm just going to add. When he finally made it home, the ladies grilled him, asked what had happened and why he would leave them just standing there with no explanation as to where he was going in such a hurry. Because I, in, in that time, which was the late 1700s, early 1800s, you just didn't leave a lady on the street. I'm just saying. See, I no. fucked up. Um, he apologized profusely and explained he had seen an acquaintance that owed him money. So he tried to speak with him to inquire about payment. The ladies asked if he had caught up with him and what the end result was. He explained that he kept up with him just out of earshot for quite some time. And then he missed him, but still couldn't figure out how it happened. He just disappeared. The group went on from there and didn't give it another thought. The very next morning, Mr. C.F. received a letter from the father of the same man old C.F. was trying to chase down just the day before. The father writing the letter had explained his son had passed away just a few days ago and that his last request was to see that C.F. was paid back what he was owed. And still inside the envelope, upon further inspection, our boy C.F. found the exact amount of money he was owed. Spooky. So this book was one of the most successful of its time and had reprint after reprint for like centuries. The most recent reprint was just in 2000 from what I can find on the Googles. But I did bring up that there was some drama to this story, and it's probably why most of us have never heard of this amazing woman before now, and why I really couldn't find any information on Catherine herself. Catherine was a feminist before it was even a word. She always called out the fact that old white men were oppressing everything. And guess what? The old white, rich, square white dudes didn't like that. Say what? fucking love her so much yeah she's 
Amazing. What the heck? <laughs> I know. I, I, I'm starting to think I may have been reincarnated at some point. Just leave it at that. In 1854, Catherine was supposedly found wandering the streets of Edinburgh, which is Edinburgh, right? Yep. Uh, naked, carrying a handkerchief in one hand and a card case in the other, believing herself invisible. The story was widely reported and discussed with Charles Dickens. Remember Charlie from earlier, how he loved her book so very much? Well, Charles Dickens himself described her as stark mad and clothed only in her chastity. The rumors said that a spirit told her if she walked outside in her birthday suit, holding said card case and the hanky, she would be invisible to the world. Now, the only written word of this were letters written to chums, other old white dudes, by Charlie Dickens himself. And word just spread like wildfire from there. So there's no police records either anywhere near where this had happened, which, I mean, they disappear over time, fires, this, that, and the other. It was the 1800s. When it happened, it was in no newspapers anywhere. (laughs) It showed up nearly two months after the Dickens letters suggest it was in, I copied and pasted this, oral circulation. So two months after Charlie started the story, Crow herself, moreover, hotly denied that any such incident had ever occurred. Here's what she wrote to the newspaper who actually published this word of mouth news reporting. What? It's like it's 2021 all over again in the 1800s. People making up news. Angry old white men. I'm sorry. (laughs) And I quote Miss Crow. Sir. I am very sorry to trouble the public about my private maladies or misfortunes, but since the press has made my late illness the subject of a paragraph stating that I have gone mad on the subject of spirit rapping, I must beg leave to contradict the assertion, assertion, assertion. I have been for some time suffering from chronic gastric inflammation. And after a journey to Edinburgh and a week of considerable fatigue and anxiety, I was taken ill on the 26th of February and was certainly for five or six days, not more, in a state of unconsciousness. During this aberration, I talked of spirit rapping and fancied spirits were directing me because of the phenomenon so-called. And I was writing on the subject, but I was not and am not mad about spirits or anything else. Thank God. Though very much out of health and exceedingly debilitated, I have been residing in London for the last five weeks. I am now at Malvern trying what hydrotherapy will do for me. I should feel greatly obliged by your insertion of this letter and also if those journalists who have aided in spreading the erroneous impression will assist in, diminis- 
in disseminating this corrected statement, which I should have made earlier, but the paragraph did not meet my eye till today. I am, sir, your obedient servant, Catherine Crow, Great Melvern, April 26th. Wow. Aside from my tongue ties, that was fucking amazing. <laughs> yeah, what a mic drop. I know. Good day, sir. It's like Willy Wonka at the end. Um, happily, Crow recovered and continued writing books and short stories. Toward the end of her life, she became interested in nature, publishing three treaties on seaweed, and Crow died in Folkstone. Nope. Folkstone <laughs> in 1872. So there you have it, kiddos. The amazing story, or all the story I could find online about the mother of paranormal, the queen of the seance, the first feminist, Catherine Crowley. My wingmen were that one Facebook group, um, <laughs> mike-history.com, the wikis, americanghostwalks.com, EUpublishing.com, Goodreads, which the book is rated at 4.5 stars. So Ooh. fuck you, Charlie, just saying. And archive.com. But I still want to know about her, her, her experiences. What got her into the paranormal? She, if anyone, if any of these things, nope. <clears throat> I really did write this and I thought I had double checked it for <laughs> word errors. So, if anyone knows any of these things, please tweet at a bitch, at Kitsy Duncan. Most of the info online is about that one night, naked on the street, which may or may not have even happened. Fucking Charlie. Yeah, it definitely sounds like a situation where uh, he put her on a pedestal and didn't like the accolade that she was receiving and mm -hmm. decided to, probably him and his, like, old white bro friends uh, probably were like, hey, what if we ruin her career? And that's this was like a made-up story. Oh, yeah. That's what I'm thinking. Because I did find one little teeny tiny little snippet about old Charlie had seen her smoking with another lady friend at a party, um, something she shouldn't have been smoking. I don't remember what it was. Um but, you know, heaven forbid a lady act like anything but a lady ever. So I think that had a lot to do with it. Yeah. There's definitely a history in that it exists. I mean, like Marvelous Miss Maisel, the show on Amazon. I've heard nothing but good things about it. Very much so like that whole sort of thing where like f female comedians could not say things that male comedians could not and that if they found success, there was like a group writing it, waiting in the wing, basically like shut them down. Um, so it's like, and that was just like the fifties, sixties, yeah. like imagine the 1700s. I mean, this yeah. was totally like a hit job. Oh, literally, literally. Um, but she, she sounds like a marvelous woman who was just obviously way ahead of her time. Yeah. Breaking down Which barriers for sure. That yeah. so long ago. That's pretty damn amazing. And not that I hate all old white dudes, but I, I was kind of under the impression that, you know, it's a certain kind of old white dude that, you know, I am against. Yeah. It's like the, the elite dudes 
who yes, who think they can make decisions for everybody yeah, and don't have can... to follow them themselves. Yeah. Yes. Those those we'll just, people. Yeah, we'll leave it at that. <laughs> Let's go to commercial. <laughs> extra, extra. Read all about it. Okay, so that was lame. But we have a new merch store, my friends. Head on over to tpublic.com slash stores slash oddity dash files. Guys, we've got everything there. We're still adding more. The prices are much more cost effective there. And this store is so easy to navigate. What are you waiting for? Head on over to tpublic.com slash stores slash oddity dash files. Get your merch on. Are you a coffee addict like me? Well, check out Bones Coffee Company. Coffee isn't just a drink that wakes you up in the morning. It's an experience. When you brew a pot of Bones Coffee Company coffee, they want you to have the best experience you've ever had. They only roast carefully selected beans to perfection in small batches to ensure that you get the freshest coffee delivered straight to your door. The care given to each of those small batches is evidenced through the rich, full-bodied, and exceptionally smooth taste you'll get out of every cup of Bones Coffee Company you drink. You guys, this is amazing. First and foremost, I love coffee. I love wine and I love bourbon, but I love coffee. So check it out and help out the podcast. Go to tinyurl.com slash bonescoffee. Get your coffee fix and help out your favorite podcast. We appreciate you. Find out why people are calling Paranormal Crossroads a great spiritual journey or groundbreaking heartfelt funny, this new series is absolutely amazing. Just head to tinyurl.com slash paranormal X road. That's the letter X. This all female paranormal team, including myself, Kitsy Duncan, KJ, and spirit medium, Tiffany Rice. Go where no paranormal show has gone before. We head to people's homes and places of work where they're dealing with a haunting of any kind. Nine times out of 10, there's happy tears, there's laughter. This is the paranormal show you've been waiting for. We're adding new episodes monthly, and this is a show you don't want to miss. No screaming, no demons, all the love, light, peace, and positivity, and bringing family members closure. Head on over to tinyurl.com slash paranormalxroad. That's X as in the letter X. Okay, you may have heard or may not have heard, but our newest podcast partner is freaking Chewy, guys. I know, we we talk about our pets all the time, and we kind of love our pets a little too much, just like you guys. But we're always looking for ways to save money in these current financial times. Chewy's it. Type in tinyurl.com slash OFChewy. You help support the podcast. I personally get both our dog's food and our dog's treats. 
and a couple other things sent on a monthly basis directly from Chewy with their subscription service. So please check it out. Please help us out by subscribing to all of your Chewy goods at tinyurl.com slash OFChewy. My dogs will thank you. Politics. <laughs> oh, yeah. I always <laughs> dig that hole and I'm like, I got to get out of it now. Okay. So you got a story? I guess I do. I'm still like <clears throat> suffering from moments where I I I got to the point where I text you now. I'm like, does this sound familiar? Because I'm so terrified of <laughs> telling well, the Well, here's the thing. Story. You're trusting my memory. So... I mean, it's yours against mine, so if you say yes or no, then I'm going to go It did not sound familiar, nor did I look it up or look anything into it. Well, fingers crossed. This is a very... This this story is very long. There's actually a book that just came out that is about... uh, That this story actually kind of has to do with, and it was too odd... To not do it, to not talk about it. So this is a shorter version of that story. Oh, it's all over the internet. Um, it's more known than I had anticipated. I didn't know about it. So if you want to know more, please feel free to to do your own research because the the full story is very interesting. But this is just kind of a slice of it. Um, so yeah, this comes Yay. from mentalfloss.com. That's where that it comes from. It's a good one. I'm going to probably get a sip of water. (laughs) Good call. Because I can't stop once I start. Okay. One morning in the early 1930s, James Irving of the village of Dalby on the Isle of Man was getting ready to open his daily newspaper when a high-pitched, disembodied voice called out impatiently, Read it out, you fat-headed gnome. What? The voice I love did, it already. <laughs> the voice didn't belong to Irving's wife, Margaret, or his teenage daughter, Vori. I'm assuming V-O-I-R-R-E-Y? Vori? Sure. The only humans likely to be in the remote farmhouse. But though Irving may have been offended, he wasn't surprised. <laughs> <laughs> Which is the best little, like, aside. Oh, yeah. He knew the voice belonged to a strange creature called Jeff who, for some time, had been living largely unseen in his family's home. I love this story so much already. It's so good. The mysterious creature first showed up in the Irving residence sometime in 1931, and according to the accounts of James, Margaret, and Vary, initially lived in the walls and not yet able to speak, imitated a range of animal noises. Quickly, the unseen entity started to pick up human language from the Irvings and before long introduced itself to the family. His name, he said, was Jeff, spelled G-E-F, and he was a mongoose from India. (laughs) I I want a mongoose now. (laughs) This is the most magical story ever. I couldn't believe it, but it's everywhere. It's a story that I guess is a, I mean, this is all very real. There are pictures of this mongoose. Um, Yeah. (laughs) Who would have thought? Like it's documented? Yeah. And neither one of us have ever heard of it? 
It's literally a cryptid, Nick. Like a, a documented cryptid. And we know nothing about cryptid. it. Documented oddity. We have one job. And we failed. I mean, we're clearly achieving, doing our job right now yes, in this current thank moment. thank God for you. <laughs> Over the course of the 1930s, Jeff the Talking Mongoose became something of a media phenomenon. He appeared in numerous tabloid newspaper stories and was investigated by paranormal researchers. <laughs> Bless him. Though many visitors wrote <laughs> off Jeff, occasionally spelled G-E-O-F-F and J-E-F as some kind of hoax or mass hallucination, the Irving family insisted he was real. They told stories of Jeff sleeping in Vari's room, eating bacon and sausages, and even riding the bus and bringing back gossip about the neighbors. <laughs> oh my god. I seriously want my own Jeff. <laughs> the family members all claim to have even seen Jeff at some point with their own eyes. And in a 1932 interview with the Manchester Daily Dispatch, James described the creature as a little animal resembling a stoat, a ferret, or a weasel, yellow in color with a body about nine inches long. Its long bushy tail is speckled with black. It's in the paper. It. Yeah, the pictures are very odd because it's it, pictures are very old. It's from the 1930s. It's very hard to make out, but there's clearly like a creature in them. Send those to me if you have them. If you have to search for them, don't worry about it. Oh, and I'll I've, cut all this out. I 100. percent Okay. There there are drawings as well, um, pictures of the family, all this stuff. But yes, here I will send you one. <laughs> Right now, hopefully this doesn't crash our Zoom. It shouldn't. I'm on Chris's internet right now because he's not home. And this was taken by the daughter. Okay. okay. You should have it. Yeah, it's super I cute. I do want one. I just don't want one. The puppies would love it. Okay. Continue. I must know more about Jeff. The Irving family's description of Jeff seemed to shift from that of a real uh, corporeal. Corporeal? corporeal yeah. yes mongoose to something of a sprite who though verbally active and possibly telekinetic was rarely seen jeff's own accounts in hard quotes, hard quotes. <laughs> of himself also varied at one point he described himself as merely an extra extra clever mongoose but at another he proclaimed I'll spit. I'll split the atom. I am the fifth dimension. I am the eighth wonder of the world. <laughs> I love him so much. They accused Jeff of throwing stones, killing rabbits, and singing body renditions of Home on the Range. <laughs> no, no. Please tell me there was a record made. I oh, wish. Goals. The talking mongoose's little speeches, meanwhile, veered from rude. Quote, I have been I have been in nicer homes than this. Carpets, piano, satin covers on polished table tables, I'm going back to there. Ha ha ha. To terrifying, saying, quote, I could kill you all, but I won't. It's literally Freddy Krueger. It's Freddy Krueger of Weasels. I in <laughs> <laughs> a little sweater, <laughs> little clients. The claw the hat. Oh god. Though only one newspaper claimed to have actually seen Jeff in an article called Man Weasel, <laughs> Mystery Grips Island, 
queerest beast. That's the name of this episode. (laughs) Man Weasel? Yes. (laughs) So the the article's headline was, Man Weasel, Mystery Grips Island, Queerest Beast Talks to Daily Dispatch Reporter. It's the full headline. Is he gay too? Because that makes it even better. No, it's the 30s. Oh, queer meant something way more boring back then. (laughs) Some members of the media took the case seriously enough to launch a full investigation. Rex Lambert, founding editor of the BBC's Listener Magazine, took on the Mongoose Mystery with celebrity paranormal investigator Harry Price, and the two published their findings in a book called The Haunting of Cashin's Gap, A Modern Miracle Investigated in 1936. I bet they didn't sell nearly as much as our girl Catherine, but no, they can try. Didn't even touch it. They should have called it Man Weasel. I'd have bought it. <laughs> I would have bought Put it. Put their ass on the cover. <laughs> like, I'd rather talk to dead people. It's really not my ass. I, I got into a conversation on Twitter. <clears throat> Lambert and Price emerged from their investigation skeptical of Jeff's existence. Hair sam- samples allegedly plucked from Jeff were analyzed and determined to belong to a longish haired dog. Okay. Clay imprints of Jeff's paws, meanwhile, lacked the irregular texture of an animal's skin, and zoological experts suggested they were probably carved with a stick. Uh, even though it's hmm. like there, people saw the. They're getting hair samples and, like, prints from this very real animal. Yeah. But yet they're still trying to debunk it. Were they old white men? Probably. Okay. Price speculated (laughs) that Vari could have been using ventriloquism to create Jeff's voice. Though the case could have ended there, it didn't. Over the years, Jeff has faded away but has never been fully forgotten. First, Lambert, who is probably best remembered from his incorrect predictions about the future of television, including television won't matter in your lifetime or mine, <laughs> <laughs> nearly lost We open every show. What are you watching? <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> every single show. Uh, near, he nearly lost his job when retired Colonel Sir Cecil Levita alleged that his coverage of the Jeff story meant he was off his head which is very British. Mm-hmm. Lambert responded to the allegation by bringing a slander suit referred to as the Mongoose case against Cecil, uh, which he eventually won. <laughs> he literally just facepalmed. He won the case against him, and we're sitting here calling this thing fake. Yeah, it's obviously, <laughs> there's a photo. I just looked at it. Check our Instagram, at Oddity Files. Makes zero sense. Uh, Second, the eternal human fascination with talking animals has ensured that Jeff still has a few diehard fans. In 2014, according to the Wall Street Journal, the world's preeminent authorities on Jeff gathered in the University of London Senate House Library to to discuss the great mongoose mystery. It was a Jeff Con. (laughs) It was a Jeff Con in 2014. Oh my gosh. I want to go to there. <laughs> Same, let's go. <laughs> In addition to predictable speculation about who or what Jeff was and whether he even existed, some investigators took a more academic approach to the Jeff mystery. Richard Espley, Espley director of the library's English language collection, for instance, argued that Jeff's story was a part of a larger trend of talking animals in oral histories dating back as far as 
Panchatantra, a collection yes. of boom, a collection of ancient Indian animal fables, which he described as the mongoose ur narrative. Whatever that means. I don't know. You Though had the, some hard reading too. <laughs> yeah, I did. Though the mystery of Jeff may never be satisfying satisfyingly solved the talking mongoose does seem to fit into a broader history of talking animal legends which appear in everything from ancient texts like the bible and the panchatantra to more recent pop culture phenomena like the spate of youtube videos featuring talking dogs as well okay uh in an article on the psychological roots of the talking animal myth eon notes quote speaking animals provide us with the potential of an entirely different world a world that is reminiscent of our own even familiar and yet still uncanny enough to maintain the fantasy so maybe the legend of jeff the talking mongoose was a collective fantasy the product of a basic human desire for otherworldly wonder and magic but then again maybe jeff really was what he claimed to be an extra extra clever mongoose literally that's exactly <laughs> what he was yeah. can we recreate can we reinstate jeff Kahn? I, in the I mean, states, it's gotta happen. I mean, if it happened in 2014, I imagine it's gotta happen. It had to happen again. People know about it. That was so good, so good. I've you know, watch out, big feats. Jeff might be my new favorite cryptid. I just love. I was gonna call him Geff because it's G E F, and then I read the story and it's pronounced Jeff, and I was like, Jeff the talking mongoose is oh the God. greatest thing. Jeff uh, is the best cryptid ever. It's incredible. And this, there's a, a book that just came out that I'm not gonna talk about right now because I think it's gonna be my story next week. I just have to condense it. Yeah. About a, a poltergeist, and the guy who investigated this poltergeist actually was there and investigated Jeff. And that's how I found about Jeff because I was reading this guy's Wikipedia oh, page. Oh, wow. He's a parapsychologist. Oh, nice. And he, yeah. The, the story of Jeff is very lengthy and like there's a full uh, PDF document of like things that he, that Jeff has said. Like hard quotes yes. said. yes. <laughs> It's amazing. Anyway. I love it so much. Um, I have a slightly, well, I've got, actually, it's two stories. No, but you know what? I'm going to read them both. Um, this is from Tabby, and the subject line is gin. Oh. She starts out, so here goes. I got so excited to hear about you talk about the gin. I didn't know anything about them until meeting my ex. He's from Morocco and has his own stories. So before my ex, I had seen shadow people, things, and cats. There isn't a predictable time for when I will see them. It just happens. So it had to be a while, and suddenly it started happening often. I believe the first was in our townhouse. I had just moved my stuff in and was sitting on the floor putting my desk back together while my mom was at the table do, working on something else. We're just chatting, and I see a ball of smoke, dense, oh. black color, but like it's flaming, only it's all black and smoke-like. Like something's on fire with the flames trailing behind it instead of in front of it. 
which is super interesting. I hadn't even put that much thought into it when I was trying to uh, talk about the gin. However, when it hit the floor, it made a hollow plastic sound, and then it just disappeared. My mom goes, what was that? As it would have been behind her from where she sat. I was wide-eyed and for the first time not being alone when something like this happened, asked her, you heard that? (laughs) I mean, same. Yeah. (laughs) She did. And so I explained what it looked like and where it went. Now my mom, who knows I've seen and heard things of the supernatural type, gets excited. She out loud says, I want to see all of that stuff too, which (laughs) I mean, good for her. Love it. Side note, I opened up to her thanks to Ghost Hunters when it first aired. I explained how she shouldn't ask to see them unless she was sure. I'm not scared of what I see, but it's off-putting at times. So a few minutes go by, and I don't remember if I made a noise or said something, but my mom looked in the direction I was and saw the same thing. A ball of black, fireless smoke fall from midair and hit the floor, making a sound like the first one did. She was so excited and was so happy. It wasn't an issue with my brain. It was a legit fear for my mother. (laughs) A couple years passed, and mom has moved from my childhood home to a new place with her new husband and my sister. She pulls me aside while I'm over and says, remember the ball of smoke at the townhouse? I saw it in your childhood home. It fell from midair, hit the floor, and looked like it rolled under the fireplace. My mom was trying to chase it down and look at it. (laughs) I reminded her again that she asked for it and she stands by it. The next gin event she had, she'd had two of them, was in 2010. We moved from the townhouse to an apartment that only my ex and I have shared. Most nights I see a black cat just facing my direction. The cat sits near the street lamp just close enough that I can see the silhouette but no eyes. It's probably someone's cat or a stray, I think, so I ignore it. Weird that it hangs in that specific spot, but I never seen it up close, only from my window. I've mentioned it to my ex and he's never seen the cat. Again, not a big deal. He's not exactly jumping up or near me when I've seen said cat. Well, it's been a few months at this point, and one night I'm in our room alone trying to sleep while he's playing games in the other room. I don't remember if I was asleep and woke up or just trying to sleep. This was 2010, so it's been a minute, lol. However, it happened. I looked up facing my TV, and I can see it. Normally, the light from the window allows me to see it. However, this time, I could see what looked like the outline of a head and shoulders near the ceiling. So this shadow was huge. I hide under the covers because, you know, I'm safe now. Then I remember my mom saying to ask what they want. So I pulled the covers down and did just that. And now the shadow told me we need to have a Quran in the house so they know not to bother me. So this shadow was trying to protect her from the gin is where I thinking this is going i later told my husband what happened he explained that i'm seeing jinn and that they can appear as animals shadows they can be good evil and neutral when allah 
literally the the Arabic word for God, since people panic when they hear that, created humans and angels. He also made jinn. They are not the same as Christian demons and can be Christian themselves. They have free will and just live on a different plane than us. If you known the Solomon mentioned in the Bible, he could speak to them and interact according to the Quran. Anyway, I hope this all makes sense. That's a lot, girl. I'm just saying, that's impressive. My life is a unique journey that thanks to oddity files, ghost hunters, and some spiritual people, I'm learning to be me. Same girl, same. Nothing I've heard or seen is weird, though I am weird, LOL, and I like it that way. Thanks, Tabby. Very cool. Love it. it it's such a clear-headed like perspective of what this thing is, where I think a lot of people would bury it, never talk about it, or truly be afraid of it. It sounds like Tabby was very inquisitive and curious as to what it could be and the fact that she has a family of someone who also was inquisitive and curious and wanted to openly discuss it that's cool exactly and i you know it 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 almost legitifies the fact that jen exists because she hadn't she'd seen other things her entire life until she married her now Moroccan husband. So that's really cool. It's like he brought them with him. I'm sure she's got her own spiritual baggage as well. Lord only knows what we bring into a relationship that we don't even know. (laughs) Truth. Very true. Preach. Okay, guys, check out all the stuff and all the things. Flow.page slash oddity files. Check out our Patreon page. It is patreon.com slash oddity files a huge shout out to our podcast producers donald blanchflower ryan hoke and doug malden Locke. i'm kitsy duncan weird is the new cool <laughs> so radio host and i'm nick floyd ghost on well done for three weeks off we kind of nailed it we did pretty good i mean words are hard but that's okay <laughs> words are so hard Thanks for listening. Head to flow.page slash oddity files for all things oddity files. Links to our merch, links to our sponsors, links to all the things oddity files. We appreciate your continued support. We appreciate you spreading the word. Please don't forget to leave a review on wherever you're listening. Again, all things oddity files at flow.page slash oddity files. Theme music provided by James Grice, edited by me. Take care. We'll see you next time. No, you won't. You'll hear us next time. Bye.